Welcome again to our series on the Holy Spirit and as we're looking particularly at the gifts of the Spirit during this mini-series and today we're looking at the gift of faith and we read of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 where it says to another faith by the same Spirit. Now we've highlighted almost every time we've been talking about each of these gifts that, that there's not an absolute and clear distinction between them and we've used the illustration of the colours of the rainbow, how they blend and overlap. And it's the same in this case, uh, for instance, with the, the gifts of healings that we'll look at uh, next time. The gifts of healings kind of merges with the gift of miracles um, because instantaneous visible healing is a miracle and yet other healing can be over a period of time and it's not instant. But the instantaneous is, is the more miraculous of the healing, if you like, in a moment. But healings and miracles, as we see today, actually merge with faith. Faith is intrinsic to both the gifts of healings and the gift of miracles. And we see that this is why we've categorized these into the, the power gifts category. Now, all of them are powerful. Don't misunderstand me. These are not absolute distinctions. But it helps us just understand a little bit more to categorize these gifts in the power gifts, faith, healing, and miracles. And faith is essential to these miraculous giftings. These power gifts, they, they demonstrate God's power, God's omnipotent divine power, but a small part of that shared with us in his giftings over disease, over demons, over death, and even uh, any other destructive force there may be. So today we're looking at this foundational gift um, to much of what God does in his kingdom by his spirit, the gift of faith. Now, of course, we need faith for salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, I hope you know this truth that is for by grace, a free gift, that you have been saved through faith. And it's like grace is God's hand giving us salvation for free, but faith is our hand of belief and trust taking it from him as his free gift. So it's by grace we have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. So salvation is effectively a gift of faith to us that we receive by grace. And then there is a deposit of faith that the New Testament talks about that's different than, than mere saving faith. And Romans 12 and verse 3 talks about this. The NIV, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. There is a deposit of faith that God has has distributed to each of us, and we might have different capacities of faith, and that's okay, because our faith can grow. We might initially be given a certain deposit, but we, we can grow our faith, we can strengthen our faith muscle as we pursue more of God. And Hebrews 11 and verse 6 talks about this, doesn't it? But without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we can always pursue more. God is the God of much more. And there's always more faith. 
And so we need to seek that from God. And of course, a fruit of the Spirit in the older versions is called faith, but it's really faithfulness where God uh, breeds this, this characteristic of trust and dependability in us as we start to reflect the character of God, how he is dependable. We can put our faith in him and that breeds that dependency in us. So these are all the different expressions of faith. But what we're talking about when we speak of the gift of faith as a gift of the Spirit is the gift of miraculous faith. It is actually an impartation from God himself. This gift of faith is under God's control. It's important to notice this. And not done at will by us. This is not something that we just flick a switch and decide what's going to happen. And it's very important because there's a lot of error around this gifting as there is around the gifts of the Spirit in general. But this is an impartation of God. It's it's a gift of faith from him that brings within us an unshakable conviction. This conviction that God is going to act in, in a particular situation. And so God gives us this confidence supernaturally as an impartation that he's going to come through and he's going to act in some way. I think we see this um, quite graphically in Mark chapter 11 verse 12 through to 14 and then later down to verse 20 to 22. In Mark chapter 11 we have the incident of Jesus cursing the fig tree. It's the only thing that we know of that Jesus cursed and it was to teach them a lesson about faith. He says now it says the next day when they had come out from Bethany he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And then down to verse 20, it says, now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. There's a little bit of discussion around the translation of that statement, have faith in God. Some believe, and I probably would concur with this, and it's maybe in your reference in the margin of your Bible or in your study Bible, that this could be literally translated, have the faith of God. Not just have faith in God, but actually have the faith of God. Receive the faith that God imparts, his own faith to you as a gift. And I think this is borne out in verse 23 and 24. Jesus elaborates and said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, so that's an insurmountable obstacle in your way, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, or she will have whatever she says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This faith is essential to actually seeing things done. But this is God's faith. It's important to understand. This is a gift of his own faith imparted to us that we exercise. And we see here in these verses 23, 24 in particular, that this faith is very often expressed through our words. 
it's a, it's an authoritative declaration just as authoritative as if God himself had spoken those words look at the these expressions in verse 23 I say to you whoever says and then at the end of the verse whatever he says will be done what wonderful two words and connected they are whoever whatever whoever says with a gift of faith whatever they say will be done according to God's will of course and the condition for this happening whoever and whatever is having the faith of God having God's faith this is what we would call mountain moving faith and it's alluded to in 1 Corinthians 13 in between sandwich between chapter 12 and 14 talking specifically about the gifts it's this wonderful passage of love and we find many references at the beginning of this passage to the gifts themselves but of course it says there though I have all faith that is the gift of faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love I am nothing so this is mountain moving faith that Paul is talking about of course we need to be motivated by love in all things otherwise our giftings mean nothing but he refers to this mountain moving faith all faith and so this gift of faith it causes doubt to go unbelief to go and it creates within us the ability to believe God for supernatural things that cannot be accomplished in the natural and just to tie in with a few of the other gifts of the Spirit very often the gift of faith is expressed through a word of knowledge where someone reveals to you something that only God could know and that creates faith within you or a word of prophecy where God is speaking to you through these edifying words of of others and it builds up your faith to believe for what God has said to you in your life as I said often this gift of faith is expressed through words whether it's a word of knowledge or the word of prophecy but there is this concept of the word of faith whoever says to this mountain Jesus says there is a declaration a proclamation of this faith and we see this um, exemplified in the life of our Lord Jesus again we see it in the raising of the widow of Nain's son in Luke chapter 7 verse 14 it says that Jesus touched the coffin that the young man was laid in and then he said young man I say to you arise and this is interesting to note that whenever Jesus raised people from the dead he actually spoke to the dead person and just in case you didn't know dead corpses can't hear anything so Jesus is not speaking in order that the person should respond he's speaking in faith so that the miracle should happen he's speaking with God's faith he's speaking with the and of course who's, who else's faith would Jesus be exercising other than the faith of God himself and then again in the raising of Jairus's daughter in Luke 8 52 and 54 specifically we say see that Jesus said to the crowd around don't weep uh, the girl is not dead she only sleeps and then what he did was he put out the mourners the people who were weeping and wailing and I know that was a cultural tradition but I think that Jesus was was realizing that this was infecting the atmosphere with unbelief and so he puts out unbelief effectively and then he says addressing the the, the corpse little girl arise and it says that the spirit returned to her 
So he wasn't telling her to do something after the spirit had returned where she could respond. He was saying to the corpse before she was conscious and responsive, little girl, he's speaking in faith, arise, speaking with the faith of God. Then Lazarus is no different. The account of his um, raising from the, the dead in John eleven forty three, it says that Jesus prayed. And then with a loud voice, he addresses the corpse. Lazarus, come forth, he cries. And of course, Lazarus comes out from the grave, uh, bound with the grave clothes. Um, but this principle of the word of faith, the speaking forth the faith that God had imparted to Jesus, is born out again. And it's not just something that is peculiar to Jesus as the Son of God, God in flesh, but we see it in Peter when he raises Dorcas, or Tabitha from the dead in Acts 9 and verse 40. Again, he follows the pattern of Jesus in this sense. He puts out the mourners, he puts out unbelief and doubt, and he knelt down and he prayed, and then he turned to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. So you see what, of course, these were literal healings, miracles, and raise, raising from the dead, but you see the principles enshrined within them of the impartation of the faith of God that is a gift and it is spoken out in a word of faith. Now please hear what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about false naming and claiming at our personal women will. We're not talking about magic where we just want something and we call it forth. No, and we're not saying that we can create things just at our own will in some kind of new age form. That's not at all what we're saying. We're saying that this must be according to the will of God. Primarily, we find the will of God in the revelation of Scripture. But we also receive words, the hearing of faith, Galatians talks about, from God into specific situations through the promises of his word or a, a rhema word from God or a prophetic word of God or from a still small voice. And we've talked about ways that we can hear the Lord's voice and that's a whole subject on its own that we'll maybe explore at another time. But it's important that we see that this gift of faith must be within the boundaries of God's will and declared purpose. Now, of course, God is omnipotent, so the boundaries go on forever, but we must be sure that we're walking in the specific leading of the Spirit, not in our own flesh or our own desires. I hope that's important because there's some error where this gift is concerned. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. When God imparts divine faith, when it comes from him, we can speak forth and get the same results as if God had spoken directly himself. I believe that. I believe that's what scripture bears out. You say, well, we don't see much of that around. Or there's things being claimed and they're not happening. I agree with you. But that doesn't mean that this is a false gift in a biblical sense. It means we need to up our game and we need to recognize the false, but we, we need to pursue the true. To actually get into the heart of God and know what his desires are, what his will for humanity is, and we get specific words from him that we can go and declare and see brought in, into actual manifestation. When God imparts his divine gift of faith, it is his own faith. And so when we speak it out, we speak and get the same results as if God had spoken personally and directly himself. Because in effect, that's what's happening. 
That's what prayer is anyway, isn't it? He puts his desires in us and we start praying for what he wants and then we start to see that manifested. So if and when God wants us to, we can have power over creation, we can have power over death, and we can have power over Satan. Not when we want to now. Now this is important. This is all about walking under the Lordship of Jesus, being in communion and fellowship with him. There's a lot of people running around claiming things and seeking to do things at their will. That is not what we're, do- we're talking about. We're talking about walking in step with the Spirit. And when God imparts the faith in a moment and gives a word of faith that we can speak it out in confidence and authority and have God's power over creation at times, over death and over Satan himself. So if you want that supernatural faith, well, certainly ask God for it. We're told to earnestly desire the the best gifts. But what I would encourage you to do on a practical note, first of all, would be to saturate your whole being, your whole mind, your spirit, your soul in the Word of God, the written Word of God. Because I don't know what the exact percentage is, but I'm sure it's upward of 90% of the will of God is revealed to us within His written Word word the scriptures and so it's interesting because Romans 10 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God notice it doesn't say faith comes by the word of God it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so as I've said to you before it's basic input and output if you put in the word of God the written word of God and saturate yourself in the truth of God's word it's likely that the Holy Spirit will then in moments bring out the output of the words that you need for a specific situation to declare over a situation to take an authority in prayer to speak out so there is no bypass of the word of God there is no circumvention of the word of God we've got to get into his written word And then we'll see that his word as we hide it in our heart will bring us victory, will bring us triumph, will bring us um, overcoming over sin, the world and the devil. But even pumping ourselves with the word of God continually, as many people have done in their mind and even in their heart, we still need this impartation of supernatural faith to actually believe it and to step out, because faith without works is dead, to step out and see things happen for the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. So what a wonderful gift this is, and I hope you can start to see how this gift underpins the other gifts, because that which is without faith is sin, the Bible says. So we need to be operating in faith in all our spiritual giftings, and in the, the fruit of the Spirit as well, to see the characteristic of Jesus. If I have faith in myself to produce that, it ain't going to happen. But I have faith in the indwelling Christ, that this is the very personality of Christ coming out. You can see how the, the characteristics of God and the charisma the charisms of God will be outworked by faith in our lives. So Father, we pray. We thank you for your grace that gives us the free gift of everything, salvation, a deposit of faith, and the fruit of faith and faithfulness in our lives. But Lord, we pray that you will make us vessels that can receive the impartation of the gift of faith, the faith of God himself to see mountain moves, to moved in our personal lives, in our communities, in our churches, in our whole nations, 
Lord, that we will see great miracles done by faith, your faith imparted to us. And Lord, if that's the case, none of us can glory in anything that's accomplished because it's your faith anyway. But Lord, help us not to move in, in a way to, in some way, embellish our own reputations. But Lord, let it be all done in love. And it's again, your love, the love of God. For if we have faith that can move mountains, all faith and don't have love, we're nothing. So help us always to move out with your love and your faith more love more power more of you in our lives in jesus name we pray amen god bless next time hope to begin looking at the gifts of healings see you next time